Just a few moments ago, I hosted a very special call with two friends, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel and Crown Prince Mohammed bin Zayed of the United Arab Emirates, where they agreed to finalize a historical peace agreement. Everybody said this would be impossible. And as you know, Mohammed is one of the great leaders of the Middle East. After 49 years, Israel and the United Arab Emirates will fully normalize their diplomatic relations. They will exchange embassies and ambassadors and begin cooperation across the board and on a broad range of areas, including tourism, education, healthcare, trade, and security. Welcome to Covert Contact from Blogs of War, where each week your host, John Little, takes a deep dive into the national security, intelligence, and technology stories that are shaping our world. All right, welcome to Covert Contact, episode 107. I am your host, John Little. And of course, that was President Trump at the top of the show announcing the official, and I think that's maybe a very important word, uh, normalization of relationship between Israel and uh, the UAE. Uh, if you listen to episode 104, you're going to recognize my last guest. That was a couple of days ago. Uh, Alan Pika served as advisor to two Israeli prime ministers, consul general of Israel in New York City, and chief of staff to four foreign ministers. Uh, he is very well positioned to comment on this agreement, and uh, he very graciously agreed to come back on short notice. Alan, welcome back to the show. Thank you, John. Good to be with you again. Happily. Yeah, this is. Um, you know, I don't. We don't want to downplay that there there is some significance and importance to this deal, and the official recognition of this relationship is important. Uh, but. Uh, I don't have any hair, but I think we we're both sort of pulling our hair out um, over sort of the framing of this deal, right? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I, I think it would be a mistake to uh, to ridicule, belittle, and downgrade um, or downplay um, this agreement, but it would be almost equally um, imprudent and not 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 very uh, uh, savvy to overplay and, and, and exaggerate um, its importance. Um, this is not a peace deal yet. I understand what President Trump said. I'm happy that he said it. Uh, maybe he meant it. Maybe it's in some kind of a draft agreement that exists. But you have to, and, and you're familiar with uh, content analysis, because this is what you do in intelligence reports, John, uh, you have to compare notes between what or how President Trump and Prime Minister Netanyahu presented it and how the Emiratis did, the, 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 particularly uh, um, Crown Prince uh, Mohammed bin Zayed. We call it, I mean, on our side, we call it a peace agreement, a historic deal, a, a normalization process, embassies, what have you, hummus eating on both sides, 
you know, all you can eat hummus on both sides. Uh, but if you listen to them, this is a, a, and I'm quoting, this is a roadmap to, bila- to advancing bilateral relations. And it has a strong Palestinian component to it. Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu had to suspend, not delay, not put on hold, suspend, or take off the table, if you will, um, whatever ideas he entertained about annexing parts of the West Bank. And so, so I, I, you know, I urge our listeners to um, uh, not get swept away with the romance of these declarations. And at the same time, you know, this is, this is a good thing, all in all. Yeah, and we, we've been on this road, well, we, uh, these two countries have been on this road for a long time. I mean, this... Uh, Correct. Kind of came out of nowhere. I don't. I don't know how many people were expecting it, but um, and this even goes back to I think when when you were more directly involved, uh, you know, even back in the Bush administration and things like that. Like this relationship has been yes. um, making progress for quite some time. Yes, you're you're absolutely right. Um, there are two levels here. There is a group of Arab countries with which Israel does not have, obviously, diplomatic relations, but has informal and consistent ties throughout the years. Morocco, Tunisia, Mauritania, um, and the Gulf states. Um, On another level, there are two or three particular states. Uh, The United Arab Emirates, which is the topic of our conversation, but also Bahrain and Oman, uh, both also in the uh, um, in the Gulf, in the Persian Gulf or Arab Gulf, because we're talking about the Arabs, let's call it the Arab Gulf. Um, and Israel has had and has with them a pretty extensive and pretty deep intelligence cooperation um, that began with anti-terror, uh, well, accumulating and digesting and. Um, acting on intelligence information relating to terrorism, but in the last, I'd say, decade or five years, certainly the last two years, um, concerning Iran. Iran is the common denominator here. Um, And so you're right. Um, This agreement, you know, it's made public by no, no other than the President of the United States, and that's great and dandy. But this, this, this basically formalizes the relationship that already exists. Yeah, and we talk about, you know, uh, the Middle East as it's frequently referred to as a bad neighborhood. Uh, it's one that's getting more dangerous, and the, the potential for conflict um, uh, with Iran um, and you know, pretty widespread conflict, that would, be a, would not be an insignificant um, war. Uh, if it spread throughout right. the region, you know, I think that that's uh, focused everyone's thinking and has for quite some time. Uh, and this is really a, a, at least as it appears to me, a peace agreement that's more about uh, preparation for a potential conflict uh, and a common enemy than it is uh, commonality between um. the, the players. Hypothetically, you're absolutely right, and I emphasize hypothetically because because we don't know if that is the uh, if that is the uh, the purpose of this. Right. 
But let's put it in, in, in for a second in a, in a larger or broader context. Um, the biggest agreement or the biggest development of strategic uh, uh, proportions in the Middle East in the last several months is not Israel cutting a deal with the UAE with thanks to uh, uh, Donald Trump, with all, with all due respect. It's an agreement that's been announced um, a few weeks ago, a few short weeks ago, between China and Iran. That comes against the background of, of the U.S. gradual disengagement from the Middle East, something I think we related to um, in our previous conversation. Right. And, and essentially, the Russian limited presence in Syria, as opposed to, to outreaching to other parts. So China is getting in, the U.S. is getting out, uh, uh, the, the Russians are maintaining a, a, a very stable status quo in terms of their uh, involvement. And I think in, in, in terms of how we view Iran, a deal with uh, China is a much bigger deal uh, so to speak, than, than Israel and the UAE. Secondly, um, many people who bother to who are going to bother to listen to us in the next few hours already know that last night at the UN Security Council, uh, the U.S.'s attempt to extend or or, or lengthen uh, an arms embargo on Iran failed miserably. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously not blaming the U.S. This is the makeup and structure of the of the Security Council, right. but it is what it is. And both China and Russia, but also the, the, uh, 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 the other permanent members of the Security Council, France and Britain, um, and most of the other non-permanent members, uh, all support the, uh, the Iran deal, the one that the U.S. withdrew from. Right. This is something that sends... That sends um, you know, reverberations and shivers um, in in the in the Amer- in the Emirates and in Saudi Arabia and to to a lesser degree, but nonetheless still in Israel. And in that context, you're exactly right that this agreement should be viewed as 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 an, an act an anti-Iran axis. But if I may, John. The big deal here, from an Israeli point of view, and I am Israeli and I am speaking to you from Israel, the big deal is that it neglects and totally uh, sidelines the uh, Palestinians. And while some, particularly on the right wing in Israel, um, rejoice at the idea that the Palestinians are not an issue, that here we are cutting a deal with the UAE, uh, under the auspices of the U.S., and it has nothing to do with the Palestinians. Well, the fact is um, that we need to keep on living with the Palestinians. And any any normalization, which I am for, by the way, absolutely for it, including this deal, but any agreement between Israel and the Arab world that, that, that totally uh, ignores and totally sidelines the Palestinian issue is going to come back and haunt Israel. Yeah, when when have the Palestinians come out ahead and um, <laughs> some kind of diplomatic arrangement? Um, uh, so it's it's really par for the course there. Um, I know. Uh, I know. Is this look? I have very little sympathy for the Palestinians. Well, I mean, in, in historically, yeah. because they could have had a state of their own five times since the 1930s, the 20th century. 
and they bowed every possibility and they missed the opportunities as goes the cliche and they made it impossible and, and they whine and they bitch and they groan. Okay. Nonetheless, from an Israeli point of view, uh, their loss, this, this is not binary and this is not a zero-sum game. Their loss is not necessarily my gain. When they lose, in fact, I lose too. Right. So yeah. to brag and boast about the Palestinians being sh- uh, 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 shot out of a deal, um, again, will haunt us because because it's not America and it's not the uh, uh, United Arab Emirates who are going to have to live and keep on living with four and a half million Palestinians. It's us. No, and that's what one of the things that I've, I've appreciated in watching you uh, over time is is the way that you present that issue, um, uh, and it's it's very you know realist and you know, accept reality. And like you said, there is a long term view. Uh, eventually, folks have to live together, and um, absolutely, and you know it's just not sustainable over the very long term. Do you, do you it think, is not. Do you think? Uh, that we're about to see a series of sort of diplomatic dominoes fall as as uh, we move forward. Is this just the, the well, first of, of many? Well, that's a good question. Um, yes. On, on, on the one hand, I can see two countries, Bahrain and maybe Oman, on the tip of the uh, uh, Arab Peninsula, um, pursuing the same course that the UAE did. Um, don't forget, all these countries are suffering with a, very, with a low demand for oil and with falling oil prices. Oil at forty percent, uh, forty percent. I'm sorry, oil at forty dollars a barrel, John, um, means that they can't balance their budget. They have no other sources of income, so so they they are in in an economic and financial predicament, and for them. Opening up to the U.S. and opening up to Israel is is seen as a good thing, um, and they honestly don't really care about the Palestinians, as we mentioned before. On the other hand, you know these two countries, uh, Bahrain and and uh, Oman, and conceivably even Qatar, um, besides, um, you may have a change of government in the U.S. And there may be a new administration coming into office on the 20th of January, 2021. If it's, if it's a new administration, a Biden-Harris administration, then I can only assume that when and if, and this is a big when and if, right. they care less about the Middle East and they get involved in the Middle East and they give a damn about what's going on in the Middle East and they, they, they show interest in, in, in relitigating the Israeli-Palestinian issue, they will demand, aside from this normalization that you and I have been talking about for the last 15 minutes, they will demand some kind of progress, some kind of goodwill, some kind of, of, of a process between Israel and the Palestinians. Right now, with Prime Minister Netanyahu in Israel and President Trump, uh, with all due respect to his, to his peace plan in, in the U.S., I just don't see that happening. By January twentieth, uh, uh, twenty twenty one, perhaps. Yeah, there's absolutely no way to forecast this, and that's one of the things we touched on in our exactly. last conversation. Right? Is uh, there's there's you know with the changing landscape in the United States and the lack of clarity here, 
uh, it, it doesn't right. bode well for, for that. So, but you know, we'll have to see when we get there. Look, I won't tie, tie up. You were very gracious. I appreciate you coming back, uh, on your weekend and doing My this pleasure again. anytime, John. Uh, I hope we can talk again. I'm not going to ask you to do it again in a couple of days. I'm going to give you a break. <laughs> you're, you're, you're absolutely welcome and fine to ask me. And if I can't or don't want to, I will be honest with you and I'll tell you I can't or don't want to. <laughs> but, <laughs> Fantastic. But, uh, but don't, do not hesitate, my friend. All right. Thank you. You have been listening to Covert Contact from Blogs of War. This podcast is produced, written, and hosted by John Little. Follow John on Twitter at Blogs of War and join the conversation with hashtag CCBOW. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.